0: Welcome to Two Brothers and their Sports. I'm your Carlos Aro.
1: And I'm your Carlos Josh.
0: And today on the show, we're going to talk about um, Aaron Judge hitting his 62nd home run, passing Roger Maris in the all-time AL leading um home runs in a single season. And we're also going to talk about who we think is a real home run king. Um, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGwire, even Barry Bonds, or is it Aaron Judge? Then we're going to talk about Lionel Messi announcing that this year's, I mean, this year's World Cup will be his final World Cup of his career. Then we're all we're going to do our weekly segments, NFL Week Five, where we look ahead to the NFL to the four best NFL games this week, ones that you guys should tune into regardless of fantasy. And speaking of fantasy, our final segment, Two Bros Two Picks, where each of us gives you four, two guys available in over fifty percent of ESPN fantasy football leagues that we think that we think are waiver wire additions that you could possibly start.
1: So let's start with Aaron judge. So we talked about this topic last week. I predicted that he would barely make it to 62. You said, no, he's saying at 61. And that was when he had 60, he got out of his slump, very like, not in a great way. He's still kind of in it, but out of his home run slump, he hit 61, which no one caught. And then 62, which is now, um, which is probably going to go for $2 million, which is crazy. But anyway, Aaron Judge got it. He got it with one game left to go. And now the season's over. It's time for the postseason. And this is not something that the Yankees should dwell on. Like, maybe he might get the all-time postseason and regular season record together. I don't know. It is for Barry Bonds. I I think it's Barry Bonds who still owns that record, but I'm not sure what it is. Maybe he can surpass that. But Aaron Judge cannot keep dwelling on the home run record. The Yankees cannot. It is not a win in this season unless they make it to the ALCS or the World Series. This season was not a win with the team that they had. I feel like the Yankees need to get right and they need to get their their team into gear because closing out down the stretch, they did not look great. They're going to need to get ready for the postseason and finally deliver for the first time since 2009, since they won a world series. I think they've just got to be better. And this could be the year. Aaron judge could be the guy, but he he's, and at least he got the home run stuff out of the way. There there shouldn't be much pressure about that anymore. So they've got to get right and get ready for the postseason.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, First off, congratulations to Aaron Judge. Obviously, he hit 62 on a crazy night. The first it was a first pitch, actually not first pitch, but first at bat of the game. It was a one-one count, first inning, top of the first. He just goes yard. And that was an absolutely it was it was off the end of his bat. But again, we've been talking about this for so long, since Eric Judge and and even John Carlos Stanton, since they've been on the same team. We've talked about this a lot, how they have so much cont they even if it's a barely contact, they have so much power that it's definitely going to go over. So that was it was a great way to see it. It was like an exaggerated way to end the season because it, although it was the second to last game, it was nearing the end of the season. It was off the end of the bat, and it got like second row, not second, second row or third row. So that was that was really really awesome to see. Obviously, congratulations to him again, but I. I I will admit that I was wrong. I said he would only hit sixty one. I didn't think there was enough games left to hit sixty two, and especially with that pressure of trying to hit sixty one and sixty two, that you have the whole face of the cl- you have your clubhouse, your family, everything, everything on your shoulders, pretty much. Roger Maris's record and every all everyone in the media overlooking you, and all of that is overlooking you at the at one point, and you have to deliver two home runs in ten games. So uh, that's very, that's a a tough thing to do. Aaron Judge was able to do it and props to him for how he handled the pressure. He handled it in such a very professional way where he didn't, that wasn't the only thing he went for. He was still trying to help the team win and he was still very with the team and he didn't let the ego, his ego get the best of him. And so that was awesome to see. And I, I wanted to talk about and I'll give you my opinion on this before um before I like before you answer, but I wanted to talk about who do you think is a home run leader? Barry Bonds or any like Sammy Sosa um or Mark McGuire or anyone else, or do you think it's Aaron Judge? And personally, um I I would I think that it's Aaron Judge. All the guys above Aaron Judge, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, obviously Barry Bonds, those those guys they were all juiced. They all were, they were all like hitting bombs back in the day when when steroids were like very common. And obviously baseball was a lot more entertaining because of that. But nowadays, Aaron Judge, I think uh, Barry Bond's record has an asterisk next to it. I think a lot of the records that uh, like a lot of the people above Aaron judge have the asterisk next to their name because they, they got those records with PEDs. You just look, let, look for a Barry Bonds, for example, that season he had 72, right? Every other season he played in the MLB, he never hit more than he, he never even got within 20 of 72. So that shows the impact of being on steroids. And I think that that's exactly why he didn't get elected into the hall of fame. And, um, that's why Roger Clemens didn't elected into the Hall of Fame, and it's such a big problem back in the day. In comparing records from then to now, it, there's such a big discrepancy because of the records back then were very different and a lot higher than they are now. So I think Aaron Judge is the true home run leader because he didn't use PEDs, but I still think that Barry Bonds had a more had a greater impact to his team and uh how do I say this like a more a, A better season when he hit 72 than when Judge hit, than this year when Judge hit 62.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. Just off of just plain like eye view, there's steroids. And then once the first person that didn't take steroids that we know of is Aaron Judge. And then it's Roger Maris and Babe Ruth. So I'm going to have to go with Aaron Judge, but just off like, He Like, there's really no other competition. Once you get to a certain amount of home runs, you obviously beat out another guy. And when none of them have been found guilty of steroids, then I guess I just take the highest guy. So in that case, yeah, I'm taking Aaron Judge.
0: Exactly. And you still have to respect Barry Bonds. Obviously, he had a great season. And I think, like I said, I think he had a more spectacular season than Aaron Judge did, single season. But going off record books and going off who really is a home run king, I think it's Aaron Judge. All right, let's move on to Lionel Messi and he's actually announced that this World Cup will be his final World Cup. That's it's not that surprising if you really think about it. Lionel Messi obviously is towards the end of his career. He's 35 years old. Um and he played for FC Barcelona for his whole career until the past year and a half, two years maybe, and he's um obviously transferred to PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, and he's been playing there recently, and we know how committed he was to Barcelona, and towards the end of his career, he just wasn't treated well, according to him, and so he decided to switch clubs, and even there, he's been playing well, but he's not playing up to what he used to be, he's clearly on the decline, he's clearly out of his prime, and he's 35 years old, if you really think about it, Messi's not going to wait another four years, until he's 39 39- years old to compete in another world cup um because I, I mean maybe he doesn't he like goes to instead of playing in um instead of playing in in europe he go he comes and plays in the mls which is like the retirement destination for all soccer players but maybe he does that but honestly he's already said that this is going to be his last world cup which to me is not surprising i thought he's not going to last He's not going to play another 40 years and if he does, you don't have to compete in the World Cup. So he could just play in uh, club matches. He doesn't have to play international matches. So I'm, I'm not really that surprised, but again, and this just adds to the craziness. Arch think about it, so many greats have announced their retirement. Tom Brady, but he came back. Um, Serena Williams, Roger Federer now add Messi it he's he's announced that he's uh, he's basically showing that he's gearing up to retire soon. So it's just an end of an era. LeBron James is probably going to retire in the next five years.
1: Albert Pujols, Coach, Coach
0: K. Exactly, yeah. And so many guys like that. Have, it's it's like the end of an era, and it's really sad to see. But luckily, we still have a little bit of Lionel Messi left. I'm excited to see what he can do with Argentina in the World Cup qualifiers. I mean, sorry, in the World Cup qualifiers. Um, in, in the, obviously in the World Cup tournament because the qualifiers already ended, and I'm I'm excited to see how he plays in that. I really hope that he gets a show of respect from every team that he plays against because he is in some people's minds the goat of soccer, and it's just again we expected. I expected this to happen at least, but I still think that he should. He's gearing up for retirement, essentially, and this is going to be his, this is his last dance in terms of the World Cup, and you should get all the respect that he deserves from even opposing teammates, and I mean, sorry, even opposing teams.
1: Yeah, so I was thinking, you know, it'd be such a fairytale ending if Argentina went all the way and he got a Peyton Manning type sendoff where he wins the World Cup with Argentina, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that there's going to be something like Peyton's Super Bowl 50 in a very long time. But you're right; there it, it is not very surprising. And after this, he's most likely just going to play club. I don't think that he's going to go to the MLS. I think he's going to stay in like I don't I, in France and Spain in Europe. Honestly, I don't think that a guy like him, a great like him, would go to the MLS just because. I think he's. When he's done, he's going to be done at the level of Europe, not at the level where he's just deteriorated so much that he's not even suitable for the MLS anymore. So I think that it's it's sad, but, you know, you, you were right. It's like the end of an era. I think that he will end up retiring as either a PSG good player or another stint with Barcelona just to end his career there. And just that's it. But I don't think that there's going to be other teams involved. And I do think that it's going to be a while before he retires. I think he's still pretty good. He's still one of the top players in Europe right now. I think he's, I think he's pretty good. And I think that he'll decline, but not as a fast enough level that in three years, he'll be out of soccer. I think that he's still going to be a pretty good player for the next three years. And I think he'll play for at least three more years, if not more. Okay, so let's move on to our next topic, the NFL exciting games for this upcoming week. So obviously the Broncos and the Colts already played. Seven field goals were the only scores in the game. Broncos in overtime. I mean, Russell Wilson has been looking horrible. But for the next games that are happening this week, my first game that I'm really looking out for is going to be the Lions versus the Patriots. And this might not be a conventional game that people might pick, but it's one that I think will be great. Jared Goff has been great late. Um, Amon Rossane Brown has obviously been amazing. TJ Hawkinson has been amazing. And then you look at the running game, DeAndre Swift is still out. So Jamal Williams is getting the load. And I'm actually excited. I believe Jamal Williams is a pretty good running back in the league. I think he could be an average starting running back in the NFL especially in this game against the Patriots defense that isn't the Patriots defense that we've known it to be. I think that this could be great for the Lions. And then looking on the Patriots side, it's Bill Belichick. I mean, his team has not been great this year. We don't really know who's – I think Bailey Zap might start at QB. He so, is, yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see the rookie. And then their wide receivers, obviously Nelson Aguilar, who I had as my two brothers, two picks. And just – their defense and just how Belichick, which is the important part, how Belichick has his team without Tom Brady for the third year now, I believe, how his team without Tom Brady is going to fare. So I'm excited to see that game as my first exciting game.
0: Yeah, the first game I'm excited for is actually going to be – now, this is this is sort of it's, – it's it could be a good game, but I'm going to go – well, my second game is – is better, but my first game is going to be the Eagles versus Cardinals. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts have been an, on an absolute hot streak. The current MVP front runner, Jalen Hurts, and the three sorry four no oh, Eagles. Now he's been an absolute demon. He's his throwing accuracy has really improved. His running ability still there, and AJ Brown. The addition of AJ Brown just helped that team so much. Devontae Smith has been playing great, and Miles Sanders has come out of out, come out of his two year slump, and he's finally. Returning to the old Miles Sanders that we all remember, so the, I think it's going to be a really good game. I do think that the Eagles will win just because they've been so dominant as of late. They've been such a good team, and they've been their defense has been, in particular has really stepped it up. But the Arizona Cardinals are also struggling. We see they're struggling to put up points against teams that they should easily be beating. The Raiders. They barely won off it. Of, they went to overtime. And then Byron Murphy, obviously, we know the story of how he returned the uh, returned the fumble for a touchdown. And they, this Cardinals team has looked really, really bad. But as of like the last, the last quarter of their last game of week four, they looked okay. So I think that they're going to play okay. But I think the Eagles are still going to win this game.
1: Yeah. So my second game that I'm excited for is the Steelers versus the Bills. So, Bills trying to get their season back on track. Same with the Steelers, who are going with Kenny Pickett in his first ever NFL start. I'm really excited to see that. I mean, I remembered I saw Mitch Trubisky playing last game, and I was like, it's got to be the time for Kenny Pickett. And lo and behold, he came out, and he had a pretty good game. He went 10 for 13 after subbing for Mitch Trubisky. His three incompletions were three interceptions. Two of them were his fault. But I think that he'll get better. He needs to be playing with the starting lineup for a while to be able to get adjusted to the system. We can't just think that he's going to be great in his first ever time playing in a regular season game. But I would say first for a sure start, their defense is obviously great and they're playing a very good Bills offense. Maybe the best in the league. The team that I think will at least make it to the AFC championship game. And Josh Allen, we'll see what he can do. We'll see if their running game can be at least all right, mediocre, which is what they need. And Gabe Davis needs to have a rebound game. Isaiah McKenzie is questionable. So that wide receiver group isn't looking great other than Stefan Diggs, obviously, and Dawson Knox. So I'm excited on both sides of the ball for both teams here, but especially for Kenny Pickett. I'm very excited to see his first NFL star.
0: Yeah, the second game I'm excited for is the uh, Ravens versus the Bengals. I think this is going to be a really good game. The Bengals are finally back on track as well. They dropped Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. That combination has been spectacular. Tyler Boyd, unfortunately, has fallen a little bit out of that rotation of really elite wide receivers that uh, Joe Burrow looks to. And uh, Joe Mixon had a great game last week against the Dolphins, Joe Burrow had an okay game. They got the win, um, but obviously at the expense of Tua Tagovailoa, which that injury was horrific. But I think that the Bengals are they've they've got back into mid season form at, from last year. They're playing very well, and then the Ravens, obviously the second that MVP runner up right now. Is projected runner-up is Lamar Jackson. He's been electric in fantasy football. If you have him, you you're super lucky. He's been putting up forty points. He put up forty points weeks two, week three, and sorry, weeks two and three. He's been again really really good. He, unfortunately, Rashad Bateman's out, so it's gonna be a lot of Mark Andrews and running the football with Mark Andrew. I mean, with Lamar Jackson and Jakey Dobbins. What?
1: Having Guilvernay, my season two, my season pick.
0: Exactly. But I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be the real reason this game is going to be awesome. He's, his rushing ability is crazy. His his improvisation out of the pocket and his scrambling abilities off the charts as well as his, his mobility. So I think he's going to make this game super entertaining to watch. And now onto our weekly segment, Two Bros, Two Picks, or Two Brothers, Two Picks, where each of us gives you two guys that are must-starts in fantasy football this week. And just for the record, Arsh, we have been killing these picks every week. Every week, it's three out of four, or four out of four, for combined for both of us. We've been absolutely killing this. And again, we always emphasize, always available in over 50% of leagues, there are people that are available in the majority of ESPN Fantasy Football Leagues, and that's why we do this segment, to shed light on these guys that really need to be starting. So my first pick this week is Tyler Algier, and I, I'm going to pick him. Surprising, he's only rostered in 37.4% of ESPN Leagues. Now, he's filling in for an injured Cordero Patterson, who just, he's on the IR for four games, and somehow, I don't think Tyler Algier is being picked up as much as he should be, because of his projection. And a lot of people go off projection, but this guy is the starting running back for the Falcons. Yes, Mariota's there, takes away carries. Um, Yes, it's not a good offense, but he's the RB1 for a team that really has ran the ball very well before this. Their offensive line has not been terrible. Look at the past few games for Cordero Patterson. He's been putting up 15, 20 points consistently in fantasy the past two to three weeks. Now just look at Tyler Algier. Um, he's been getting, he got 10 carries week two, six week three, and 10 week four, and he's had three, four. Then last week he put up 11.4 fantasy points on only 10 carries with Cordero Patterson injured. And that was not even the whole game. He's a very good rookie. I think he has the caliber of, I think he has a talent that Brees Hall has, except he's not as good of a pass catcher. So in non PPR formats, I think he'll be a, a little bit better than he is in PPR, but he still catches balls, but I think that Tyler Aguirre is a great add. I don't know how he's not rostered in more leagues. He very clearly should be. And he's a guy that I think is a very good flex, has, warrants flex value this week.
1: Yeah, so my first pick is Rondell Moore, the wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, to your guy, Greg Dorch, has been amazing the past couple of weeks, who you've been saying pick him up in fantasy. And he's I, I still believe he'll be pretty good. But Rondell Moore is back, and I think that he's going to be great. Remember, a couple of years ago, he was the best wide receiver in the nation at Purdue. He's still great. He was the second-round pick uh, last to last year. He had a good rookie year last year, and now we're at his sophomore year. I don't believe he's going to fall into sophomore slump. He's only rostered in 20.2% of leagues, yet he has a 16% chance. He has a 20% chance to go over, to, to go over 16 points. I think that he's going to get more than 16, at least 17, for a great passing quarterback. Not good, not average, but great passing quarterback. And Kyler Murray, their running game is pretty horrible right now. So I've got to go Rondell Moore. I mean, he's coming back against the Eagles, which isn't a great defense to go against. But I think Greg Dorich might get the number one quarterback. And even if he doesn't, Darius Slay is injured. So Rondell Moore just cannot be getting the number one quarterback in his first game back like he was back last week but he what had- about
0: marquise brown though
1: right sorry sorry marquise brown is getting number one cornerback but I don't even know if Rondell's getting number two cornerback because Greg Dortch is cutting up that defense. Not to mention that Darius Slay I think is injured for this game, leaving the Eagles with even less defensive backs. He's gonna be getting a very very favorable matchup either way. And he he had a hamstring injury. He ran routes last week. He had a couple of targets against the Panthers. But he looked good running the routes. I don't think it's going to hinder him at all. He's 95-plus percent healthy for this game. And I think that Rondo Moore's got 17-plus games. This I think for this game, he's a high, high-end flex. He's a high, high-end wide receiver, two And a low to medium and wide receiver, one, in my opinion, because of the amount of points he's about to get.
0: Okay, my second pick is Teddy Bridgewater. He's subbing in for Tua this week for the Miami Dolphins after his horrific injuries. Obviously, Prayer's up to Tua. We hope he gets better soon. But Teddy Bridgewater's filling in for a below-average defense against a below-average defense, the New York Jets. They've struggled recently. They just let up two rushing touchdowns to Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is, I think Teddy Bridgewater is as mobile as Kenny Pickett. They're both uh very mobile quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater last week when filling in for Tua had 195 yards. He had a touchdown, he, or 193, sorry. He had a touchdown, but he also had a pick. He got 10, he, almost 11 points. He's a great backup if you need one. Obviously, there's been QB struggles. There's been Carson Wentz in a slump. There's been Dak Prescott's hurt. Trey Lance is out. So if you're still finding that guy, trying to find that guy that you can like if you do a one week cycle and you go based off lineups or previous weeks or whatever you go off of, um, Teddy Bridgewater is a great guy to go get this week. He's again playing a below average Jets defense. It should be a lot of passing for the Dolphins. Because they have obviously two, I'm not two up. Uh, they have obviously have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle against the Jets cornerbacks. It's going to be a great game for Teddy Bridgewater, and it's going to be a lot of passing, so that's going to help this case a lot.
1: Yeah, and my last pick is Nelson Aguilar. He's rostered in twelve point five percent of leagues. Wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Mac Jones is injured, but they've got Bailey Zapp stepping in, or Brian Hoyer if he's still healthy enough. I think that they're going to – he's – he's Nelson Aguilar is fighting for the wide receiver two position, maybe even wide receiver one for this game. I think that he's going to do pretty well this game. Um, He has boomed one out of his four games. He had almost 25 points in uh, week two. 25 points for a guy that is only rostered in about one out of ten fantasy leagues. And I think that he's getting a rebound this week. He's playing a pretty bad defense th- this week in the Lions. I mean, they're just one of the worst defenses in the NFL, including in cornerbacks. They don't really have that great cornerbacks. He's definitely, definitely not getting the number one cornerback in this game, even though I'm, I think he might be close to the number one wide receiver production for the Patriots. And he's just a good wide receiver that knows how to play football. I think he's in around the 15-plus point range because he's just a guy that knows how to play the game of football as a wide receiver. He's helped with his drops, which Philly obviously hated, and he has speed. He's has good routes. He's helped on his drops. So I think that he's going to have a pretty great game this week as well. Looking at the Lions' defense against the run, they're not as bad as they are against the pass the Patriots are going to need to pass the ball more than they did last week last year when they passed the ball three times in a game with Mac Jones. I think it's, there's going to be a huge difference in that game than this game this week, and Nelson Aguilar is going to be one of the main reasons why they end up making this a pretty close, if not winning, this game.